I have this question that is out with our tweens, our, our kids who are in upper elementary school, and they are a very bright lot. This is the question. When Moses announced the various plagues against Egypt, each plague was meant to defeat a god in the Egyptian pantheon. So, can you learn which Egyptian god corresponds to which plague? Of course, that's just tough trivia. That's a tough trivia question if I ever heard one. But it also shows something deeper. At that point, the Israelites aren't really monotheists. They are coming to know the God of Jacob, the God of Moses. But that God isn't the only game in town. After the Passover, after passing through the sea, after receiving the Ten Commandments, the Israelites are still figuring out who this God is. And that Moses left the people for a while as he received the second copy of the Ten Commandments. The people saw that Moses was taking a long time to come down from the mountain. They gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come on, make, this, make us a God who can lead us. As for this man Moses, who has brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not have a clue what has happened to him. Aaron said to them, All right. Take the gold rings from the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took out the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He collected them and tied them up in a cloth. Then he made a metal image of a bull calf, and the people declared, This is your God, Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf. Then Aaron announced, Tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. They got up early the next day and offered up entirely burned offerings and brought well-being sacrifices. The people sat down to eat and drink and then got up to celebrate. The Lord spoke to Moses, Hurry up and go down. Your people, whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt, are ruining everything. They've already abandoned the path that I commanded. They have made a metal bull calf for themselves. They've bowed down to it and offered sacrifices to it and declared, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I've been watching these people, and I've seen how stubborn they are. Now leave me alone. Let my fury burn and devour them. Then I'll make a great nation out of you. But Moses pleaded with the Lord his God, Lord, why does your fury burn against your own people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, with great power and amazing force? Why should the Egyptians say he had an evil plan to take the people out and kill them in the mountains, and so wipe them off the earth. Calm down your fierce anger. Change your mind about doing terrible things to your own people. 
Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, whom you yourself promised, I'll make your descendants as many as the stars in the sky. And I've promised to give your descendants this whole land to possess for all time. Then the Lord changed his mind about the terrible things that he said he would do to his people. It's that last line. The Lord's mind changed. God told Moses to leave. Just leave so that God could contemplate wiping the Israelites out and just starting over again with just Moses. But Moses didn't leave. He stayed. He, he stayed and he negotiated with God. He plays the angle that God would look bad to the Egyptians if God wiped out these slaves in the wilderness. Moses tells God to calm down. And I love that. You know, I thought about it. I have never done that. I have never told God to calm down. Anyway, in this story, God's mind changes. Can you change God's mind? Can you come up with something that God hadn't already considered? Or can you champion a righteous cause and change the directory of things, trajectory of things? We started our worship today with a, a great psalm, Psalm 139. The person who wrote that had a perspective that God was beyond time. Let me put it this way. On your scroll, every day was written, and that was formed before any one of them had yet happened. Everything that has ever happened or will happen from our perspective is already written. God is beyond time. Time is a creation, and we humans perceive that it is passing. And today, physicists are supporting this idea that time is an illusion. And so if that is correct, nothing you say or pray can change God. And I remember a few years back talking about this with Marilyn Upman. And we were talking about Abraham negotiating with God. And she loved the idea that you can negotiate with God, change God's mind. I, I wasn't so sure, but I figured any, if anybody could negotiate and change God's mind, it would be Marilyn. For her, hope was deeply tied to being able to change God's mind. And you can find both perspectives in Scripture. You've got Moses and Abraham and Jonah all negotiating. You see stories of God's mind changing. And then you have others like Psalm 139 and the Witch of Endor. And they have a different perspective. And so I'm curious, what do you think? Can you change God's mind? I'm trying something new today, 
And so if you are worshiping live today, I, I've got a poll for you to take on this question. Can you change God's mind? And I'm going to put that, the link to that on screen now, or it'll also, also put into our live chat during worship. And then I'll post the results of that poll in just a few minutes. The truth is that I can't definitively tell you the answer. But whatever perspective you have has consequences, dangers even. If you think that you can change God's mind, you, you me, a mere mortal who struggles to see beyond our own desires, our own ego, if you can change God's mind, what kind of God is that? What if God likes you more than me? That may not turn out so well for me. God can play favorites. And if God is subject to time and God is changing over time, then can God be greater or the creator of time? That God is too small for me. On the other hand, if God planned everything that is to happen from before the foundations of the earth, before the universe began, where then is human free will? Is that just an illusion? That we're all just, we just, we're really just going through the motions of our life because that can seem kind of depressing too. Seriously, why would we ask for anything in prayer if it was already written? Some of you know the story of the Confederate General Stonewall Jackson. Jackson had this staunch Calvinist view some might say fatalistic, that everything was preordained by God. So he did not need to worry about dying in battle because there was nothing that he could do about it. He couldn't change it. God wasn't going to change that. It was already written. And so he could face whatever odds there were without fear because he trusted that in the end, God's will would be done. And that will would be good, even if it turned out he was serving on the wrong side. For him, hope was deeply tied to God's will being done and not his. Huh. Every day I pray, I talk with God. Most days I begin my workday by coming into this sanctuary and I go over there and I kneel on the bench. And I have a conversation with God. I pray the prayers that we share on Sundays. I talk with God. I talk with Jesus. And I'm not sure that that changes God's mind about anything. Actually, if you pressed me, I think that Time is an illusion that God has ordained all things. And yet, in Jesus, I see God alive 
and active in the midst of everything. Working with compassion, with mercy and justice for all people. Never allowing the evil of any pharaoh or any emperor to last forever. Inside my very being, I feel a spirit inspiring me to use the days that I have with gratitude for the love I experience, celebrating that. Maybe it is all preordained, but that is not my truth. It is not the truth of my human existence. What I have, all I really have is this moment. I can't control who will get sick, who will die. But in all of it, I perceive a God who saves, that works for a vision of health and wholeness for all people. And I want to be part of that in this moment. I want to bind my life to that truth. In Jesus, in God's spirit, I've come to know that God cares. That in this life, in this eternal life, God is for and with us. And that no matter what befalls in this life and in the life to come, God will be our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. Will you pray with me? God, beyond understanding, you are who you are. Help us to come to know you. Help us to know the God who saves, who cares, whose kingdom of compassion and mercy continues to grow. Grant us hope. Hope gives passion for living and loving without fear in this moment. And may that be our destiny always. Amen.